0: Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. I am 35 years a Christian. Um, The last time I counted, I was 10 years out. (laughs) <laughs> I can't believe it's 35 years since I gave my, my heart to the Lord. Uh, years, I've seen people who I respected as Christians fall, fall in, in sin and, and some into immorality. I suppose we've, we've all seen uh, some of the, the gifted uh, preachers and evangelists that, that would be on the, the TV channels and so on fall into and, and to sin and immorality and and it 's a very sobering thing when Christians stumble and fall and and some even turn away from God just recently I heard of somebody coming back to the Lord who who was a friend who stumbled, fell, and backslid um, and it 's great that they 're coming back to the lord but but that person pierced themselves with many sorrows and, and many pains and, and many difficulties and and that journey. And then, so we have that, and then then on the other hand, we can look at godly people who are continuing to run the race, and they're serving the Lord with, with grace and with joy and with dignity. Some older people who just keep serving, even though they've got uh, maybe life-limiting conditions and struggles, and and they're continuing to love people. And uh, And and we have this, and and many of you here tonight are young, quite young. Um, Some of you are even younger than me tonight. And you're starting out on a race, and some of us are are a bit longer on the race as well. But um, our desire, I suppose, as, as pastors, as leaders, as a church, is that you would be successful and this walk with God, that you'd be successful in regards to heaven, in regards to eternity, with this journey th- that you're on now. Uh, but to be successful, you need to be successful in your younger years as well. You need to start now at whatever life stage you're at. Start now and, and, and set the direction right, set the, set the course correctly. In the middle the years, keep the course, keep, keep journeying on with the Lord, and then we want to finish well. I suppose the truth is, is that we don't know when our race is going to finish, brothers and sisters, so it's important that we're, we're sober-minded each day. I suppose we've, we've had a couple of funerals recently, and you know, it just reminds us that, that, that life, this, this life, this journey will end. And one day we will step and the glory will stand before God. And our desire is that he would say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. And that, that's, that's, that's the direction, brothers and sisters. That's the course. That's where we're going. And we're going to look back. We're going to go back 4,000 years. And we're going to look at a couple of people who who's who were contemporaries, I suppose, but um, one went one direction and one went the other. It's Cain and Abel. So we're going back to Genesis chapter 4, if you want to turn there, right at the beginning of of the Bible. We'll start in verse 1, and it says that Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And, he, and God said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Lord God, Lord tonight, O oh God, I, I thank you, O oh God, that... Lord, you've given us, Lord, your word, Lord, and we can go back, Lord, and we can look at, at, at life stories, oh God, and, and, and we can learn, oh God, we can learn from those who have gone before us, oh God, and oh Lord, Lord, we are, oh Lord, to be not just hearers of, the, of your word, but doers, oh God. And I pray, Lord, tonight, Lord, would you, Lord, Lord let us hear your word, let us absorb your word, Lord, let us, let us take it into our hearts, oh God, and make us doers of your word, in your name, Jesus. Amen, amen. So Cain and Abel uh, were born. Cain was the first, Abel the second. Later on, Seth was born to Adam and Eve. And of course, there's other children as well that, that are not listed. Um, but Abel was a keeper of sheep. Um, now, it says, it could the word sheep there could mean flocks of sheep. It could possibly mean cattle as well. And Cain was a tiller of the ground. And this was all new to Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. This this is all very much in development mode. They'd been put out of the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve had been put out of the Garden of Eden. And they'd had to learn to to fight against the thorns and thistles that that came with the curse. God said in Genesis 3.17, Cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. So they were having to to work hard to, to provide for their needs. And earlier on, God had provided tunics of skin to clothe Adam and Eve. And so I'm sure that they realized from that that animals could be used to provide for their needs. They had eaten fruit and seeds in the Garden of Eden because God had told them to. But now survival was hard work. It it, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. And so they were battling against the effects of of the curse because of their sin. And in this situation, it, it, it tells us that Cain... The older brother was the first to bring a sacrifice to the Lord. Interesting that, that that he was the first. I don't know what it was that that prompted Cain to bring some of the fruit of the ground. We're not told what he actually did with that to to bring it. We'd we'd be guessing. but But somehow he brought an offering of the produce of the ground... And presented it to the Lord. This was a deliberate act from Cain, and and that would seem like a good thing to do, wouldn't it? It would seem like it's a good thing to bring gifts to the Lord and bring an offering to the Lord. And there's a pattern in Scripture, all through Scripture, of bringing of your substance and giving it to the Lord. The, the patriarchs, Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, they all brought offerings to the Lord. And later on, Israel had a tabernacle for worship. They had a sacrifice system. Later on, they had a, they had a temple for worship. And there were specific designs and specific ways for, for Israel to bring sacrifices and bring worship and bring glory to, the, to God Later on, Jesus himself said that the Father, God the Father, is seeking worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. And Jesus also said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And this is the highest calling of man is is to worship God. And man is at his best when he's conscious of God and when he's wanting to please God and when he's wanting to, to live his life on to the Lord. That, that is when we as people are at our best. We become good stewards when we live that way. We become moral people. And so Cain wants to bring something to the Lord. And I would imagine Adam and Eve and Abel looking on to what Cain was bringing to the Lord, We're saying, "Oh, this is this is very good. Well done, Cain. There's something admirable and something to be respected about bringing something to the Lord. God, God should be happy with this gesture from Cain. God should be pleased." And we know from the story what's recorded in the Word of God, that God is not happy with Cain's worship. God is not happy with it. It says that God did not respect Cain and his offering. And God looked at Cain and looked at the offering. And to God, it was unacceptable. Unacceptable. And I've read this account many times and I've often felt a bit sorry for Cain. Here he was, he endeavours to do something. And it may not have been the best of sacrifices, but it was something. And I felt a bit sorry for him. And this was the first offering, and he launches out into this. But I think we do well to learn, brothers and sisters, from what Cain brought. You see, not everything that we as human beings declare to be worship. Not everything we bring and offer to the Lord is worship. It's not. God, God in His benevolence allows us to choose what we offer to the Lord and what we don't offer to the Lord. We, are, we, we can choose if we're going to bring of our best or, or bring of less than our best. We are allowed to make that choice in our lives, brothers and sisters. And we all make those choices actually every day. Are we bringing of our best or are we bringing something less? And Cain brings something that God doesn't accept. Cain has the choice of what he brings, and God has the choice of whether he accepts it or not. And it seems that with God, there is no middle ground. There's not a a half-acceptable offering. It's either accepted or it's not. There's no graduating scale of acceptance to God. It's either either an offering worthy of God or it's not. And God looked on Cain's offering and said, no, no, no. And there's a a difference between, and a very obvious difference and contrast between Cain's sacrifice and Abel's sacrifice. In verse 4, it tells us very simply that Abel brought of the firstborn and their fat. This means that Abel brought the very best of what he had, he brought the best sacrifice that he could to the Lord. The phrase firstborn and the fat was not used to describe Cain's worship, brothers and sisters. There was something inadequate about what Cain brought. There's something wrong with Cain's approach to God and something wrong with the sacrifice that he brought, and God is not marked. There are many, many things that that people supposedly make as offerings to God that, that are unacceptable to Him. I lived up north, and there are people who did things in Northern Ireland in the name of God that God never wanted, never wanted. There are wars that have been done in the name of God that God never wanted. Suicide bombers making sacrifices that God never asked for. People who kill others in the name of their God. People who do certain pul- pilgrimages. People who make deals with God. I'll I, I sacrifice this. I, I'll do this if you do that. Even the Jews had an accusation against them. The Jews who had the temple had the sacrifice system, who knew the the law and so on. In Matthew 15, 7, Jesus says this. He says, Hypocrites, well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me. And, and this is the issue, brothers and sisters. This is the issue. Even though they, they were attempting to draw near to God in a, in a, in a fashion of some, of, of some description, and even though they were, they were speaking honorable things to God with their lips, their worship was in vain and it wasn't accepted because their hearts were far from God. There's something wrong in the heart. And this is the issue. This is the issue. The heart of the matter is the heart. Cain's issue was his heart. And the motivations and the desires that Cain came with at the sacrifice time were corrupt. But Abel brought the right sacrifice. Because he had a heart after God. He had a heart that was pursuing God. His heart wasn't divided. And he was devoted to honoring God. So he brought the best. And the sacrifice spoke of what was in the heart. And the question is, is what were the motivations in Cain's heart? And how did they differ to the motivations of Abel's heart? Now Cain, Cain knew, and this is the journey goes on, Cain knew that God did not accept his offering and did not accept him coming in that fashion. And Cain, instead of repenting, he became angry. He became angry and his, and, and his head went down The word for anger there could also mean jealous. It actually means hot with anger. And Cain Cain became so angry. And in this moment of anger, Almighty God reaches down to Cain. Even though God doesn't owe Cain anything, God reaches out to Cain in the middle of his anger against him. He reaches out and he appealed to Cain. Cain, would you not do right? Would you not come again and, and, and offer a proper sacrifice? Would you not correct the issues that are in your heart and come again? And God warns Cain. he says, Cain, sin is waiting. It's crouching It's waiting for you, and it wants to destroy you, Cain. And brothers and sisters, we have seen too many people that have gone the Cain direction. Something got into the heart, and so the worship was not right. The offering to God was not right. And what does Cain do? Cain ignores the warning, and he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, check his heart, he doesn't check his attitude he doesn't check his approach and he doesn't uh, reorder his life and get his priorities right and he allowed sin to bring, bring destruction into his life and other lives around him Imagine God appealing and reaching out to Cain. Imagine Cain hearing God's voice. Cain, would you not change? I'm speaking to you, Cain. Would you not repent? Would you not turn away from this lifestyle that that, that, that I'm warning you is going to destroy you? Cain, I'm calling out to you. And brothers and sisters, this this would be the appeal of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we allow other priorities in our life. And the Holy Spirit comes and he, he calls out, would you not reorder your life? Would you not let me on the throne again? If you allow this to go on, you're going to reap destruction. And God warns Cain. Brothers and sisters, we need to be careful when when God comes, when the Holy Spirit comes and He warns us about some of our activities or our priorities or or the things that are are arising in our lives, the idols that's what they are, these things that are taking priority in our lives the Holy Spirit comes and He warns us like God warned Cain and we need to not be casual with those warnings what God warned Cain of Destruction is exactly what happened. Cain's wrong offering and his wrong worship and his wrong approach led to unrighteous anger and jealousy, which led to uh, plotting to kill his brother. And then create an opportunity to do it. And then expressing his rage and jealousy and attacking his brother and murdering him. Murdering him. And his legacy was to be the first murderer. One generation away from the Garden of Eden. One generation away. And brothers and sisters We have got to be careful. It starts with worship. It starts with the things that we are given honor to in our lives that are not of God. That's where it starts. It didn't start with murder. It started with wrong worship. And brothers and sisters, we have got to get the worship right in our lives. We have got to have God on the throne and nothing else. Nothing else. It does not take long for sin to take hold. If the worship is wrong, if the priorities are wrong, if the order is wrong in our lives, it does not take long for sin to start reaping destruction in our lives. And we have to be circumspect. We have to take a warning from Cain's journey tonight. So quickly it went from bliss in the Garden of Eden to murder. And it started with corrupt worship. Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 1, he says this, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God. The worship was off Knowing God, we can move from knowing God to stop and worshiping God, not glorifying Him, not honoring Him. And this was the journey of Romans chapter 1. They neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And deceit can set in so quickly, brothers and sisters. We can deceive ourselves into thinking we're justified in some way of having a wrong attitude or or a... Or, or, wrong motivations, something nursing an idol in our lives. That is not of God. It says that their foolish hearts were dark in verse 22 of Romans chapter 1. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of a mortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles and exchanging Almighty God, the worship of Almighty God for the worship of things. Worshipping the created rather than the creator. And if you jump on down, you can follow the journey on down. Jumping down to verse 28, it says, Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what they ought not to, to be done. Verse 29, They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity, They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. And it goes on. Brothers and sisters, the journey can go from not worshiping God to all sorts of evil so quickly if we allow it. And so I bring this warning tonight. So how are we as Christians, how are we to... to be more like Abel rather than Cain. What, what are we to do? How do we protect ourselves from ending up going down a journey like Cain and instead present an, an, an Abel-type sacrifice? How can we be protected from sin and its consequences? And what we must do, brothers and sisters, what we must do is we must get the worship of God right. We must follow this call to be of of glorifying God. That must be our primary and utmost importance. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. See, worship, worship is the opposite of sin. It's the opposite of sin. Worship is the opposite of selfishness because now we're thinking of someone else. It's the opposite of, it's, it's the opposite of anger. It's the opposite of jealousy. It's, no, it's not about wishing we had it ourselves. It's about ascribing glory to God. It's the opposite of pride, the glory going to someone else. See, worship will keep us away from that sin line that's going to reap destruction. If it, worship fixes our eyes on the right place. Worship fixes our eyes on God, brothers and sisters. I, I choose to live my life for the glory of Him. I fix my gaze on Him, this, this area of whatever it is, family life. I want to honor God with my family life. I want to honor God with, with, with my relationships, with my friends, with my finances. I want to honor God. I'm, I'm looking at my finances, but I'm looking at God's. And worship calibrates us, brothers and sisters. Worship is living for the glory, living for the, for, for the greatness of God, living for the benefit of God, making him known and, and making him great in our lives. And worship is the way for us to avoid Cain's path to destruction. Worship sets our direction. When, when you're out in a boat, what you have to do, because I like to go out on the water, and when you're, when you're on the water, you may not know this, but even the sea is moving all the time with the tides. It's always moving one way or the other. And so you can't just look at the water around you and expect to get to your destination because the water's moving and then the wind is blowing a different direction. And if you, don't, if you don't set your course on a distant object, then you're just going to get moved and you're going to end up somewhere completely different to where you want to be. And worship does that for us, brothers and sisters. Worship, uh, and you know I'm not just talking about singing songs. That's part of it. Worship is how we live our lives. Worship is about every aspect of our lives glorifying God, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we react, the way we order our finances and our, our relationships. Everything to the glory of God. That's what worship is. And so when you're, when you're out in your sea, you have to set your course on, the, on, the, on, on, on one object, And go for that. And sometimes you have to go more left than you'd expect to get to go straight ahead because everything's moving. We are to live and calibrate our lives to ascribe greatness and worth to Almighty God. We live for that. So there are two two aspects to being a worshiper that that I want to talk about tonight. First of all, the approach. The approach must be right, brothers and sisters. There's one approach. There's one approach. With Cain, God said to Cain, he said, Cain, your brother, your brother's, Abel's blood cries out to me from the ground. Imagine that. Here is, here's a, a cry to God for justice. For Abel. It was a cry of, Cain has sinned against me and sinned against you, God. Abel's blood was crying out murder, crying out sin, crying out for judgment. And brothers and sisters, we... Like Cain, we all have accusations against us of sin. But in Hebrews 12:22 it says this, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Than the blood of Abel. And no matter what the accusations are, even Abel's accusation against Cain and and the murder that, that Cain had done, Christ's blood speaks a better word, brothers and sisters. Christ's blood speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. It's more powerful than, than the accusation, brothers and sisters. The blood of Christ is more, is more powerful than any accusation that there would be against us, even murder. Even murder. And so we are to be encouraged. This is our approach it is through the blood of Jesus, through the cross. And we can be confident that when we come with that approach, brothers and sisters, when we come under the, 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 the blood of Jesus, he is the way, the truth, and the life. When we come through that way, our sacrifice, our, our worship, our approach won't be acceptable unto God. Why? Because Christ was acceptable and we become hidden in Christ, hallelujah. So we can be confident that that our worship will not be rejected. We we, we will not be cast away. We will not be cast out because we come under a better covenant, a better word than the blood of Abel, hallelujah. And Jesus' blood and and these verses, it talks about... uh, It talks about the names written in heaven. Hallelujah. And that's what we get through this blood of Jesus. Our names written in heaven. Not not written down for judgment, but written in heaven. Hallelujah. It speaks of righteous being made perfect. We, We become the righteous and we become the perfect. Hallelujah. So our approach, we can approach with confidence. We can approach... The, the, the place of worship, we can pr- approach our God with, with a confidence, hallelujah. It speaks of belonging instead of Cain. Cain was cast out, Cain became estranged to his family, Cain had to flee, Cain became a wanderer. And that's what sin will do. It's, it's one of the consequences of sin it divides, it, it separates, it creates loneliness and division. And brothers and sisters, here here in in these verses in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about belonging. And we come, when we approach this way through Christ, through the blood of Christ, we belong to the church of the firstborn. Hallelujah. Speaks of heaven and a closeness to God. This blood of Jesus as a sacrifice that God accepts. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than any sin and accusation. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here tonight, and I know we have people from in all stages of, of life, and maybe you're here, and you've, you've never approached God in that way. You've always tried to approach God through your own efforts and merits. I want to tell you that that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And we can come directly to Almighty God. We can be what the Bible calls justified, made as if we've never sinned because of Jesus paying the sacrifice on the cross. And we can come. It takes faith and it takes humility to accept that I can't do it on my own. I need to come through Jesus to God. And if you would, if you're here tonight, you've never done that. Please don't rush away tonight without talking to us about that. It's really important. This is this is your first step to moving from a place of estrangement from God into a place of being fully accepted. And it's not a it's not a it's not a half step, it's a complete step from being unacceptable to God, to fully and entirely accepted by God. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. This is the sacrifice that we present and that is presented, that Jesus has presented it on our behalf and by faith we can step into it. That's the approach, brothers and sisters. The lifestyle then. want us to Turn to Romans chapter 12, and verse 1. And it says this. These are well-known verses. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern Of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and improve what God's will is His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And here it is, brothers and sisters, worship. Worship here, Apostle Paul is telling us, worship is our lifestyle. Worship is our lifestyle. We bring, we bring our bodies, we bring ourselves, we bring our substance and we, we lay it down for him as a living sacrifice. All for his glory. And it's, it's the opposite to conforming to the patterns of this world. patterns of this world want us to pursue for me. I'm going to take for me, for my success, for my pleasure, for my benefit. But here, we are to be living sacrifices. And it says that our minds are to be renewed into a new pattern. That pattern of glorifying God. And this is what it says. If we will become these living sacrifices, these worshippers, then we will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Brothers and sisters, there'll be a knowledge given to us from God, and we'll be able to, to test, we'll be able to check if if the way we're living is right, if it's, if it's going the right direction, if, if we're living appropriately and, and, and living our lives as living sacrifices properly onto God. He's going to reveal it to us He will reveal His will to us, His good and perfect will. This is a wonderful thing. God is going to speak to us. We can test and see what is right and what is wrong. Where God wants to take us, what He wants us to be. An area of life, family life, finance, whatever. We can test and approve what God's will is. Because he wants us to be a worship, he wants us to be glorifying to him, and this is success, brothers and sisters. This is the way to live. This, if you live like this, you'll have a freedom. Why? Because you're not trying to work it out all in yourself. You test and approve what God's will is. You find out from him. God is the way I'm ordering my finances. Is that honour and all to you? God, would you reveal it to me, and He will. He will. He will reveal it through this word. He will reveal it to us. And he will speak to us. And he will lead us. And he will bring us into his perfect will. And he will make us into those living sacrifices. Glorifying to him. How can we live such a life as this? I live in a and with the help of the Helper, the Holy Spirit. It says in John 16, 14, that the Spirit will glorify Jesus. And He is working within us, brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit is working within us. If you're saying to me tonight, I'm not strong enough to do this, you're absolutely right. And neither am I. None of us are. But we have the best of friends in the Holy Spirit. He is, he is the best friend, the most effective help and strength that we could ever have. There is no better plan. This is God's plan, that we would live a supernaturally enabled life that would be glorifying unto God and we wouldn't do it in and of our own strength because then we'd be proud and arrogant. But we would we would live this life depending on a helper that God has given us so that all the glory would go to God. Even in our successful living sacrifice lifestyle, the glory goes to God. Where, where did the strength come from? It came from Him in the first place. He made us into... Whatever good there is within us, He put it there, brothers and sisters. Whatever ability to glorify God is within us, it comes from Him. It comes from Him. And we have a a helper. We have a helper, and we can put our confidence in His strength and His ability to make us into worshipers and to make our lives Glorifying to God. Cain's legacy was murder, all because his worship was corrupt. His priorities were wrong. Abel's success was that he worshiped God with his heart, soul, mind, and God received the sacrifice. That was his success. He lived his life, and the short life that he had, he worshipped God with it, with his substance, with his belongings, with his wealth. He lived well, and he finished well because he brought glory to God. And our success, brothers and sisters, is all about living our lives to glorify Jesus. That's it. That's it. And if we, if we live that way, brothers and sisters, our horizontal relationships will be ordered, our affairs will come into order to glorify Jesus. If we live that way, then we're not going to be worried about sin sneaking up on us, crouching, waiting to devour us, we're not looking at behind us at sin. We're looking at Jesus, the author and finisher. Why? Because our gaze is fixed on him. And as we fix our gaze on him, as we remain in him, we will bear fruit. We will walk. We will walk a straight journey, brothers and sisters. We will walk a holy journey. We will walk a living sacrifice journey. Worship, living a worship centered life will protect us. And we'll avoid the mistakes of Cain. We'll finish strong. And one day we'll he- hear the words, Well done, good and faithful servant. So, no matter what, what age you are, the few of you that are younger than me. <laughs> no matter what age you are, set your course. Make it a declaration, God. I am going to worship you with my heart, my soul, my mind. My body is going to be a living sacrifice. My substance, whatever it is, is for you, Jesus. Set your course and you will avoid the. The trappings of sin, because he'll reveal, and he'll guide, he'll strengthen, he'll help, and he'll bring you to that destination. And we'll stand. We'll stand together there, brothers and sisters. We stand. We just pray for a moment and commit to the Lord God. Lord God, I thank you, O God, for this life you've brought us into, O God. It lacks nothing, Jesus. It lacks nothing, O God. Oh Father Lord, you have been Lord so generous, Lord, so abundant to us, oh God. And oh Lord, we can't we have no accusation against you, Lord, that somehow you've shortchanged us. Lord, we we have no accusation against you, Lord. We are just abundantly thankful, oh God, Lord, that today, Lord, we stand, Lord, oh Lord, in the most privileged of places, oh God, Lord, where our sins are forgiven, oh God, our approach. Lord, to you, Lord, oh, Lord, is, is through Jesus, oh, God, through the sacrifice on that cross, through the blood of Jesus, Lord. Lord, we stand forgiven. We belong, oh, God. Oh, Father, Lord, and, and we, want, we choose to live our lives, Lord, Lord, as living sacrifices. Lord, you encourage us, you challenge us to that, oh God. We say yes to you tonight, oh God. Lord, set our course, oh God. Lord, lead us, oh God. Lord, help us, Lord, to be sensitive, Lord. Oh, Lord, to, to your word, oh God, to your warnings, oh God. Oh, Lord, to your challenges, oh God, to your direction, oh God. Oh, Lord, that we might glorify you, oh God. Lord, that one day, Lord, we would stand, Lord, in your presence, O oh God. Oh, Lord, face to face, Lord. Lord, and you would say, Lord, well done, good and faithful servant, O oh God. And we would cast our crowns before you, O oh God. Because, Lord, it all came from you in the first place, Lord. Tonight, Lord, Lord, we worship you, Lord, and we thank you, O oh God. Lord, guide us through this week, Lord. Let this week, Lord, Lord, be a worship unto you, Lord, and glorify unto you, Lord. In everything, Lord, that we say and do, God. Lord, attitudes, Lord, heart. Lord, substance, oh God, everything, Lord, in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you, brothers and sisters. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us, info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website, www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.